0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message.
1: Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, well, there's a spirit that works in
0: people that are disobedient to God.
1: Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God. Everybody say, but God, <laughs> who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk. In them. I want to just teach you a lesson I've entitled Quickened. Quickened. Amen. You may
0: be seated today.
1: Our society um, remembers the majority of people we consider famous, usually by a defining work that they have accomplished. For many of the, might be a little bit younger in this crowd today, of adults, uh, you may not recognize this name, but to many of the elders that lived in the day that polio uh, was a very evident disease that crippled maybe a family member or a friend, the name Dr. Jonas Salk probably rings a bell. And the reason for that is, even though he had many um, contributions in the field of medicine, his defining moment was when he developed a vaccine for polio. I know uh, one particular person comes to mind that life was affected drastically by polio, and so I'm very grateful today for this Dr. Salk. Thomas Edison, uh, a name that probably everybody here recognizes, uh, had well over a thousand patents accredited to his name, either uh, as an individual or in some kind of a group patent where he worked with others. But almost eleven 1, hundred patents to his name, not to mention other inventions that that he had. But but really, we know him and. We know that name because we remember him for the very thing that enables us to come into a sanctuary after the sun has gone down and still have church. Every time we flip the switch on, we can thank Thomas Edison. That's what we remember him for, even though he had a lot of other accomplishments to his name. Uh, I, I think of uh, other people like Leonardo da Vinci, who had many, many paintings to his credit, but, but we know him for the Mona Lisa. For some reason, that that picture, that painting uh, set him up for, to be remembered down through the ages, uh, and, and I've often wondered what was it about that picture. Now, I'm no great uh, lover of art. I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's neat but I couldn't tell you I can't stand back and look at a picture and try to understand what the artist was trying to convey. A, a, a lot of times, I just look at something, especially the abstract stuff that's out there. I don't really get that at all. And, and some of the paintings that I see, I, I just don't really understand. And I, I look at the Mona Lisa and I say, that's just a painting of a lady. And she's really wasn't that pretty. It's not like she was gorgeous or anything. Uh, I'm trying to understand what makes that so valuable, what makes people look to that and be drawn to that. There's something about it that the knowing eye understands that this is a masterpiece. It's a a piece that defines
0: this man. Some singers
1: have that one special song, the one-hit wonders that are out there, but you know their name, but you can't, you can't think of more than just really one song that, that made them famous, but it was a defining moment. the a masterpiece. Some athletes have their moment of fame. It will never be captured again. But I want you to know that God, in all that he ever created, in everything that he put his voice to, in everything he spoke into existence, there is nothing that, that he has that is more prized than you. The Christian, the child of God, humanity, he looked down upon an earth and he saw people that were not going in the right direction, people that weren't following the plan, and yet he still, while we were sinners, he died for us. While we were still in sin, still living in bondage, he still loved us and saw us as something very special. The very first verse of our text today, Ephesians 2 and 1, says a very important word in that scripture. It says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Something happened that changed us. For the Bible says that we were once dead. I know that we have some that work in the medical field here today, and, and, and some that I'm sure have been able to revive somebody that's hard to stop beating, and sometimes you weren't able to do that, but but what a tremendous feeling that must be when you see that lifeless form, and you begin to work the procedure, and all of a sudden, breath comes back into that life that was dead. That's got to be an exhilarating feeling to be a part of watching something that was dead come back to life. I think about our friend young Brandon that not too long ago was laying in a hospital bed coated, they were able to bring him back from the dead. His body quit quit breathing. it was come to an end. Had nobody done anything, had they just simply let him go, he would have drifted off into eternity but that they began to do their thing. They began to work on him, and they revived him. And because of that, he's still
0: alive today. The Bible says
1: that we were once dead, but Jesus Christ hath quickened us. Something inside of us that was dead. Oh, you might have still been breathing the air. You might have still been walking uh, around on this earth but friend, you and I were dead in our trespasses, uh, plural, and our sins, plural. There were many things that caused us to, to die spiritually, but because of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on Calvary, we no longer have to be dead men walking, but he has quickened us and he has made us alive again. And I'm forever eternally grateful to the King of Kings for putting something inside of me that's caused me to live again. It's
0: exciting. Deciding to live this life for the Lord. Where did this death that we
1: once lived in come from? It came from the disobedience of one man named Adam. Adam didn't just accidentally happen across the tree of the knowledge of good and evil one day and say to himself, I I think I'll see what this fruit tastes like. Now, all of a sudden, God cursed him. No, God made it very clear. God gave Adam perimeters, and maybe Adam didn't fully understand uh the perimeters and, and uh Eve was there, and she began to have a conversation. The first thing that that we need to understand the, the first mistake that they made was that they even went past the tree at all you know if, if, if there was a if there was a, a container full of poison sitting right here in this, uh, in the midst of this church, and I said, hey, everybody, don't let your kids, even just to touch that thing, uh, it'll cause you to die. What would everybody do? We'd walk around it. We'd probably, probably leave the building. Why? Because you don't want to be anywhere close to it, right? It's dangerous. You understand that. So why did Adam and Eve even walk past the tree at all? And they became so comfortable walking past it that one day Eve is walking past the tree and she gets into the con- a conversation with a snake who does not have her best interest at heart. She doesn't understand really who it is that she's talking to, she just thinks it's a serpent. I don't think she understood that it was Satan that she was speaking to. She makes the mistake of getting into a conversation that she would have never gotten into had she merely stayed away from what God told her was dangerous. He said, you can have everything. It's all for you except one thing.
0: It's our human nature sometimes to want
1: the very thing we're not supposed to have isn't it. Something in our carnal mindset t- tells us, I wonder. I wonder, curiosity did did more than kill the cat. <laughs> it destroyed humanity. It destroyed it destroyed the perfection that God had created for us to enjoy. Amen. God made it very clear to Adam, "Don't eat of this tree." He said, "Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now I don't know about anybody else, but if I was going to get in a conversation, I had I had the uh, uh, a conversation with the one who created me, the one that I communed with every day, the one that took time out of his schedule to come down and and have a conversation with me in the cool of every evening if I got in a conversation with him every day and I had a relationship with him and then I just happened to run across this snake in a tree that God told me to stay out of and got in a conversation with him, I think I would want to listen to the one who created me and had already proven
0: his love for me. For whatever reason, for whatever reason they ate of that tree, Oh, that shall not surely die. Oh, you they were going to die, just not in the way
1: that they thought they were going to die. Real death is not just leaving this body behind. Real death is separation from God for all eternity. That's real death. There's the first death and there's the second death. The first death is when I quit breathing, this body is laid down, not, not to come back or be resurrected. They put me in a coffin, put me in a hole in the ground someplace. That's the first death. I'm not so worried about that death. That death comes to everybody. It's the second death that bothers me. It's the second death that concerns me. I do not want to be put into a lake of fire uh, for all of eternity and separated from my creator, the one that gives me life, the one that's proven already that he loved me because I have bought into what somebody who doesn't care about me has to say.
0: Word of God is never without its effect.
1: God gave us the ability to choose to obey or to disobey, but obedience has its blessings, its benefits, and disobedience has its consequences. Sometimes those consequences don't, don't show up overnight. And I can imagine after Adam and Eve took that first bite and their eyes were
0: open that they thought to themselves, well, I guess the serpent is right. God said we would
1: die, but here we are. We're still here. In the outset, sometimes it seems like you have gotten away with something. It seems like that you've been able to disobey and it's not had any effect on you. It's not changed you, but something, it's just Almost enlightening, you you see things in a different way, but I'm telling you, the future is bleak for those who live a life of disobedience to the Lord and think that it's never going to catch up to them. We must serve God with all of our mind, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. I want to commit to Him completely.
0: Just because the consequences... Are not immediate, Death didn't come at once, but it was on its way. That first hit, that first jolt, that first rush from that drug
1: might seem exhilarating. Go home and look in the mirror, you don't look different at all, but give it time and all of a sudden begins to take its toll. I can handle it. I can walk away at any time
0: I want. What if you can't? We need a Savior. The Bible lets us know that Adam lived
1: another 800 years before he died. But it all started with the contamination of the Spirit on the day that he disobeyed God in the garden. What did they do? God came down just like he always did. Am I right? The Bible says that God came down in the cool of the evening. Pretended like he didn't know. You know what? God always knows. He always knows. We're not pulling anything, the wool over his eyes at all. He knows everything, but he is so kind and so gracious and so loving that he is still willing to come down and have the conversation. He comes down like he always does, but they're not where they're supposed to be. My eyes have been open. I'm illuminated. We haven't died, but for whatever reason, I don't want to have anything to do with talking to God anymore. First red flag, when you run and hide from God, something's not right in the spirit. When you run and hide from the one who created you, who loved you, who communes with you, who wants to, your life to be good, who set up everything to be perfect, When you run from him, it's not him that has not come down to meet you. It is you that has not gone to the meeting spot with him.
0: Bush in our yard had a little spot on it.
1: I watched that bush over a few years' time. didn't want to give up on it, but... Whatever it was, it was a disease or what, I, I have no idea. I, I, tried to, I tried to do some different things to try to help it along, but in the course of a few years, it just completely, completely died to the point that I just walked over and snapped it off. It was, it was brittle. I didn't even have to dig up the roots. I just snapped it off at the base, and it was gone. didn't happen overnight.
0: But once the process had started, it slowly took its toll.
1: Nobody backslides overnight. Oh, they, you may see the evidence that makes it look like something just clicked. What happened? No, it's been going on for a while. It's been a slow dying process. There's been a slow walking away. There's been a slow separation where, where once they used to run to God and they want they, nothing would cause them to to miss out on that that evening time communication with Him. Now they they they're hiding in the bushes. They're they're trying to stay away. They're running in the shadows. They don't want to have that conversation because they know that to have that conversation will cause them to be looked at in a little bit different light.
0: This world may think that it's getting away with life of sin, but it's not so. Every human being needs the life-changing power of God to change us from dead, dying.
1: There is a cure. There is a cure. We had another a bush right out here by the by the sign that had a spot on it. I watched that for probably three years, that spot that, that, that just got a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, and I thought, I'm going to have to deal with that. And so the only thing that I finally was able to do, I went out and I cut that one branch that was diseased out. I took it out. Guess what happened? The rest of the bush, after a little bit of time, filled in the hole. God has a plan because he loves us so much that you can have the disease of sin running rampant in your body. Rampant in your soul. Rampant in your spirit. And if you will allow God's spirit to come inside of you and quicken you, it can begin to clip out the things that are causing you death, death to come your way. It can begin to prune the things out of your life that, that are trying to destroy you, that are sucking the very spiritual life from you. God wants you to be alive, but he can only have you alive with your, when you are alive in him. He wants to quicken you.
0: Can't do it on our own. Romans
1: 3.23 is very clear, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That puts us all on a level playing field. That's why it is never okay for me to look down my nose at somebody else. I don't care if they're a, a, a drug addict. I don't care if they're an alcoholic. It doesn't matter what... All have sinned. We're all on this same, we're all lost. We're all dead men walking. None of us have got it put together. We all need a Savior, and the same Savior that changed my life and quickened me can touch even the deepest, darkest, rankest sinner in the whole city. If they will allow God to touch them, he can quicken their life as well.
0: It's a beautiful thing to know that there are no lost causes.
1: It's a beautiful thing to be able to look at somebody and say, yeah, in our opinion, they look really bad. They look a long way off. It is no, it's no further than one step towards Jesus for all of us that get us back on a path of righteousness. Amen. I know that there are people out there today that just need a church that will be willing to love them right where they're at but love them enough to reach out a hand that says, come on, let's go find the one that can bring life back where death is is running rampant. Let's go find the one that can put it all back together again. So glad
0: that the story doesn't end, doesn't end there. We are not doomed. But God made a way for us to escape death.
1: Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. There we go again. Just another reminder. There's none of us that are perfect. Brother Glenn, I know you think
0: your wife is perfect. And she does too. She thinks she's perfect too.
1: And we're not going to do too much digging because we think she's pretty close to perfect too. Matter of fact, I see a lot of really cool people in this building. But if we began to dig a little bit, we could go back to a place where we weren't so perfect. Oh, we can clean up and look nice. I can throw a suit and a tie on, fix my hair and brush my teeth. Throw a little cologne on, come in here, looking pretty good. But on the inside, I could have rottenness all over me. But I'm telling you today, it doesn't matter what we are. When God gets a hold of us, God can change everything. God can quicken us from who were dead and in our trespasses and bring us back to life again. Spiritual resurrection. Spiritual CPR. Patsy, I know that you've been there. You've seen them. You've watched them. Come back to life. What a feeling to know that you've saved one. That one that might have been having a funeral for them in in, in just a few days now can go on living their life out. Oh, what a beautiful thing. You know the Bible tells us that when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. Can you imagine, hallelujah, how happy they are because God's CPR brought one that was dead and headed to hell back to life and redirected them to a place that God had prepared.
0: One man's sin caused sin to enter the world, and because of that, all have sinned. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. Appreciate that.
1: We've all been affected by one man's disobedience. But it doesn't end there, Romans 5.15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ he broke the curse. That's why I'm thrilled. Most mornings when, I, when I'm in my prayer, I thank the Lord that I live in the New Testament dispensation, that I live in the age of grace, that I live in a time where, where I, can, I, I don't have to wait to, to go before the priest. I don't have to take a, an offering. I can just take my repentance to the Lord. It doesn't matter if I climb out of my bed and hit my knees or I'm sitting in my car on my way to work or if I'm sitting down someplace uh, just outside under a tree someplace and I can call upon the Lord and say, Lord, I blew it. I messed up. Would you forgive me? And he says, yes, every single time. He will forgive us if we will ask him for forgiveness because his grace and made available to us. Therefore, I have a choice. I can live an overcoming life, free from the bondage of sin that only brings death in the end. No! Uh, you might be able to get by, and it may not kill you today, but there's coming a day when we are going to stand before God, and he will judge us, and there's only two directions that we can go. There's not a third option. There's only one or two. It's either well done, now good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. Now, I know this world don't like that message. We like to have all of our options. We, he, she, they, whatever. Whatever
0: whatever our mind can think of.
1: We like to have more than two choices. We don't just like this way or that way. We don't just like right or wrong. Well, really, what is right or wrong anymore anyway? I mean, that's the world's philosophy on how they're thinking. Do what is right in your own sight. But I told you Wednesday night, every time the Bible said that that the Israelites went out and they did what was right in their own sight, they wound up being in a place of disobedience to God because God does not give us that option if we want to do his way. Uh, we want to be obedient to him. He says, you've got to follow my plan, my precept, my word if you want my blessings.
0: The music come today. I've got to wrap this up. I'm running out of time.
1: I love the scripture that we use so oftentimes. Typically, I read this scripture when I'm standing
0: at a graveside where we are laying down a precious brother or sister who's gone on to meet their reward, knowing that they died filled with the Holy Ghost, ready to to meet Jesus. Paul simply
1: said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no miracle. That compares to the Holy Ghost. I've had a couple of notable miracles take place in my own life. I've seen notable miracles take place in this church healings. I've seen a leg grow. I've seen a cancer disappear. I've had an incredibly painful shoulder issue. God just me without me really even knowing He touched me. I didn't feel any electrical shocks or anything. I mean, I expected something, a little tingling up and down the spine, so anything to let me know, okay, I- I've touched you. Just a simple, heartfelt prayer from the brethren that gathered around me that cared for me and wanted the Lord to touch me and we believe together, and God just did it. As great as those miracles are, there's still nothing more precious than seeing a hurting person come up here, throw their hands up in the air begin to speak in a language that nobody on this earth has taught them, but God is giving it to them. The infilling of the Holy Ghost is still the world's greatest miracle. And your dog can't get it, and your cat can't get it, and your goldfish can't get it. It was designed for you because you are his ultimate creation. He's quickened you. That word quickened simply means to make alive or give life. I've got to have his spirit. Because the spirit is what does the work, changes the life. Now I may have a strong will. There might be some things that I can just change out of sheer will, human will, but sin is not one of them. Sin has to be washed away. Would you stand with me today? I was at the end of a service one night and a town that I don't know where it was, don't know the name of the preacher or the other person that's a part of this story. The man came up to the pastor complaining about his preaching. Thank you for never coming up to me and complaining about my preaching, even though you might not like it. This man wasn't so lucky. He said, "I." the man said, I, I don't like your preaching. I don't like to hear about the cross. I, I think it would be far better if you'd preach Jesus, the teacher, and the example. Show us what he did and let us follow after him. The preacher said, well, would you be willing to follow him if, if I preach Christ as the example? He said, absolutely, that's exactly what I'm looking for, to follow in christ's footsteps and so the the pastor looked at the man and he said well let's look at the very first step the bible says that jesus had no sin can you take that step The man stopped and he said no i openly admit that i have sin i'm not perfect So the preacher said, well, then your first need of Christ is not as an example, but as a Savior. He said, you don't walk past somebody that's sinking in quicksand and give them a lecture on how not to fall in quicksand. You don't stand there and say, okay, now do this, do move your arms like this. No, you reach down and you help them out. Before you can teach them on how not to get stuck when they're already stuck, First, they need you to be their Savior. Sometimes we get that backwards. I can't serve God because I'm not, I've not gotten all these things worked out in my life. I've got to fix this, and I've got to fix that, and I've got to deal with this. And I, and if, if I do uh, uh, go and ask God, then I have to give up this, and we put the cart before the horse. We try to live like he lives without him quickening us, and it'll never work. First, before we can have him as our example, we must first have him as our Savior. And in order for every single person on this planet to have that opportunity, so I'm going to prove how much I love you. I'm always pointing back here because that's where the cross used to be. I've not got used to it being gone. I'm going to prove how much I love you by coming, robing myself in flesh, sacrificing myself, giving myself my blood, my pain, everything to you to show you that you can trust me to save you. It's not by our works, although our works ought to reflect what lives inside of us. If you're trying to get there on your works without having Him as your Savior, without first being quickened, it'll never work. Would you bow your heads with me today? I've got to close this portion of the service out. But I want to just end it with a prayer right now there's somebody out here in this place today and you need the lord to quicken you he can fill you with the holy ghost before this service is over but you've got to allow him don't run from him don't try to excuse use any excuse to 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 stay away from him run to him meet him Deal with the hard question. Deal with the conversation that needs to take place between you and God. Deal with it. Because eventually, he'll become that second Adam in your life. and You can find a life of transformation. Precious Savior, right now, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray over this congregation of people. God, you see our hearts. You see the needs that we have. God, you see the things that we try to keep hidden so nobody else can see them. You see our frailties. You see our weaknesses. You see us in our worst. God, you see our humanity. It's not hidden. From you, God, we cannot hide from you, and still, Lord, you choose to come into this place today and commune with us. You still love us enough that you have entered into this place so that whomsoever will could find a place in you of satisfaction, could find a place of restoration in you, could find a place of revelation in you. God, I pray that this message today would dig down deep into the hearts of those that are hurt. those that are trying to live with the pain that they have in their spirit. God, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus that you would loosen them. God, that the power of the Holy Ghost would meet them in this place today because truly, God, you have come here today to do a work. We want you to do the work that only you can do. God, I pray that the most important thing in our hearts today would be to find you as our Savior. Because, God, you created us as your masterpiece. God, and there's nothing on this planet that you care more about than the people that are in this room. Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name.